In this episode, we wait out there with Adam Bowe from Dillon, Montana. Adam grew up in Florida and was introduced to fly fishing for saltwater species and later bass. When his family moved to Montana, he began fly fishing on the Big Hole River and small mountain creeks that surrounded the property that his family eventually restored and transformed into the Silverbow Club, a guest ranch for fly fishing and other outdoor activities. Adam now fly fishes every chance he gets while running the business of hosting guests in the lodge and cabins. We discuss small stream fishing in the mountains surrounding the Big Hole River. Welcome to the Wade Out There Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Shemchuk. At Wade Out There, we believe fly fishing is special, but not elite, and that anyone can become a great fly fisher if they are willing to go, learn, and teach. Join me as I talk with other fly fishermen and women about their unique journeys into fly fishing, the rivers they fish, and the tactics and philosophies they practice. For those who can never leave the river in their hearts, this podcast is dedicated to helping you make the memories that keep us all coming back to wait out there. Welcome, Adam. Thanks for being on the Wait Out There podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jason. Man, I appreciate it, and I'm uh, I'm stoked. Yeah, I'm stoked too. Pleasure to talk to you. I've been out to your parts a couple times with my family, and it's been it's become a real special place for me. You guys run the Silver Bow Club out there in. Uh, Montana on the Big Hole River. And a lot of my audience knows that I do a fly fishing rendezvous with my father and my brother every year, uh, twice a year typically. And so, uh, yeah, I just, I love going out to, to your guys' place and it's an awesome place for us to stay at your cabins there. And so I just want to start off with a big thank you from me and my brother and my dad. And this year, my son, he was the, this was the first time he got to go and it was perfect for my son too. It was really great. So anyway, thanks. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. It's, uh, so I love doing it. It's kind of why I got into the whole gig anyway, but, um, no, happy to have you guys and thanks for coming every year. And, um, yeah, it's a pretty sweet area. Not going to lie. So <laughs> pretty sweet area is an understatement, man. I love it there. <laughs> and, um, uh, I can't wait to go back. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And it's great fishing all around there. Um, and I, I, I was talking to your sister and she's like, you know, you should talk to Adam. He's, he, he's a great, he's a great fly fisher. He loves fly fishing and all that. And I'm like, I would love to talk to Adam. That's what I do. I like, like talking to, uh, I love talking to fishy guys. And can you talk a little bit about kind of how you got started in fly fishing? And, and we talked before the show that you, you love all different kinds of fly fishing and fishing and traveling. So where did it all begin for you, I guess, in fly fishing? Yeah, man, it's, uh, I don't know if I'm a unique egg or not, but like I kind of started backwards. It seems like in the fly fishing world. So, um, originally I grew up in Florida. So I grew up in Tarbon Springs. Um, and I, man, I lived there till I was 17 and as a kid, just fishing, uh, I had a 14 foot 1950 Orlando Clipper John boat with like a little tiller handle motor and every day after school, just on the water. And, uh, all kinds of fishing, diving, just, you know, being a kid, being reckless or whatever. And, and, uh, when I got older, I was in high school and had a neighbor, uh, he was an older gentleman. He mostly saltwater fly fished. And, and, uh, I was just kind of, I was just, at, at first I was like, this is, this is nuts. Why would you do this? Like you catch, you don't, I don't understand. Like I didn't get the concept. Right. And, and, uh, <clears throat> he was, he was a vet and he used to go to the Bahamas every year. And he's like, Hey man, you guys should come with us. And we did a couple trips and, I would go out there and, and, uh, it was just kind of cool. Something different. And I'm like, man, you know what? I like to try this. Like, yeah, catching fish is great. And like catching tons of fish, like conventional or, or whatever, deep sea and all this other stuff was a lot of fun. And there's places for all of it. But, um, yeah, so we started, started learning. And, and, uh, when we got back after one trip, I, we went down to the, the Bahamas, went to Eleuthera and I didn't catch a thing, man. I caught like a six inch barracuda and I was, I was just like, I was just getting frustrated. And, uh, so the guy, my neighbor, uh, who got me started on it, uh, started like every day after school, um, he'd just do like a lesson, like 20 minutes. Like, yeah, come on over, man. I got rods. We'll go on the dock and, you know, we'll get you casting, you, you know, try to get you this far and, and, uh, try to just showed me the ropes, taught me the basics. Um, went on a couple more trips and I didn't have my own stuff, just fly fished here and there. Uh, it was funny when I first started catching fish, we used to have a, uh, kind of like a hunting camp up in North Florida. 
we had this dugout man-made lime rock pit. It's like a perfect square. It's like eight feet deep, had all kinds of bass and like perch in it and stuff. And we had this old crappy, like, um, Eagle, uh, I don't remember what it was, Eagle river, whatever, something's like a $20 fly rod. And I went out and caught bass. And Eagle claw, it. the Eagle claw, the Eagle claw. There you go. Yeah. Uh, bright yeah, yellow. I, know that. I still yeah. got one too, but, uh, sure, but anyway, yeah. yeah, I started catching bass stuff, man. It's kind of fun. And like, just, just the concept behind it. Like it's, it's, uh, it takes a lot of focus and it does take skill, but it's not anything like it's way over hyped. It seems like when you first get started about, you know, you have to be this X, Y, and Z or whatever, but man, honestly, you flip something out there and you got the right fish and they eat it. It's just, it's win-win, but, um, so yeah, that's kind of how I got started. And then, so I was about 17 at the time. And then I moved up to, uh, my family. My dad was kind of wanting to get out of Florida, looking for property and some different stuff. And, uh, we looked all over the place and, um, as a kid, I, we used to go to North Carolina and we started doing, after the fly fishing stuff, I started doing small creek stuff with like some brook trout and once or twice, didn't do it a ton. Um, then we moved to Montana. Uh, and then when we moved to Montana. Your dad and your, your whole family, everybody took you, you got, everybody went out to Montana. Yeah. And it's kind of, kind of the story of how the ranch began, I guess. But um, I was like 17 at the time. So I did my senior year of high school here in Montana and Dylan graduated with like 80 kids. And, um, how was that? Was that, here's the new kid from Florida. Cause that was a while ago. It was really sweet. We, we, in my, I think in my high school in Florida, there was like 2,500 kids in our, in our school or whatever, which is half the size of the town of Dylan in my high school. So, um, <laughs> it was cool. It was really, it was, it was sweet. And, uh, we, my dad was looking at, like I said, he was looking for property everywhere. And he's like, you know, he had a friend was like, Hey man, you should go check out Montana. We're from Florida at the time. So he's like, I don't, I don't know, man, it's, it's freezing cold up there. There's, I don't know if I'm going to make it. And yeah. Wild so, animals. The wild animals. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, he's like, he's like a couple months later. He's, uh, he's talking to my mom. He's like, you know what? Let's, if we're going to go check out Montana, we're serious about thinking about buying something out in Montana. Uh, yeah. we should go at the worst possible time. So they came out, they flew out. In <laughs> I like that. Okay. Below zero when they landed in Bozeman. When did they come out? In January. And it was, uh, okay. freezing cold. And, uh, anyway, they had some meetings with some realtors and like checked out some properties kind of like over by buildings, roundup, Livingston and really nice places, great properties and all that. And, um, last place we were, they were going to head out and the guys, the realtors said, man, I got one more place for you. And, um, it was, it was, he's like, Oh, it's a lot of your price range. And it, it's just, it's a little bit different, but let's go check it out. And that was the silver boat club. That's the, this is the ranch we're currently on. But, um, yeah, just came out here, loved it, bought it on those first trip, Montana, they ended up buying the place and we moved out three months later, um, from, from Florida. <laughs> Why, <laughs> what, what made him, I know he's looking for land, but what was yeah. it? He, why Mon- why Montana? I mean, there's a lot of reasons why people love Montana, but uh, I mean, wh- how did that even enter the calculus? Like, how did that even get into the brain? You know what I mean? Did he was he thinking he was looking for like a a lodge or a you know kind of like a a guest ranch type thing like you guys have or just no, land, just like a ranch, even, just the land specifically. And and uh, my dad's funny man. He's he's a uh, He's, he's like a military guy. He's real specific. He's got, he's got everything's like, you know, to code or whatever. So, um, but to he, code. was he uh, in the military? He was, yeah. He was an army oh, okay. guy, but he, uh, right. he, he ran a company for years and just, he's just got it. Just the management thing anyway, but he had a checklist. He always, he had this checklist and there was all this stuff on oh, his yeah. checklist. Like you had to have, I got a know, checklist right here in front of me right yep, now. Yeah, water, <laughs> you know, water he's a, he's a big hunter. So he's like, Hey, I want like five different game species to be able to hunt. I want to be able to fish. I want some property. I don't want a ton of people. And, um, and the list goes on school and kids and whatever. But, uh, sure. We went, I mean, I went on trips with my dad to like all over the Southeast. I mean, we were from North Carolina, like Texas and, we just, we've seen a lot of the country. He went to California and I think like Wyoming, Colorado and different places, but, and for whatever reason, it just, it struck the chord and it was uh first time in Montana. Yeah. He's like, this is it. And, uh, 
me at the time, 17, I'm, I'm, I was an outdoors kid for like being raised in Florida and kind of in the city, I was always on a boat or, you know, I do out doing whatever, but, um, it just kind of struck Gordon. That's how kind of the silver boat club came to be, I guess. Um, the, the lodge building was there. So like the main structure was there and nobody bought it for six years. It sat there for forever vacant and nobody knew what to do with it. Um, so my dad came in and just kind of converted it into rooms and, and, uh, like into what it is today for the most part. Uh, of course we've like changed some stuff, but, um, yeah. And then we ended up there, um, lived there for a while. And that's when I started fly fishing pretty heavy was, uh, when we first moved up here just that summer, um, just, just out back on the big hole. Um, and being new to the fly fishing thing, you know, it's kind of intimidating. It sounds weird, but it's, it's like bigger water. It's, it's bigger fish and, and just a little bit more going on, I think. Um, so we used to do these trips. Like when we first moved down here, one of the coolest things about Montana is just the freedoms. Like you can just go anywhere on public land and, and for the most part, do whatever you want. Um, whether yeah. it's hunting or fishing or just hiking or whatever. Um, that's kind of the appeal of, of this area. And uh, so we'd go out on the four-wheelers and I'd take a fly rod with me and I started creek fishing. And um, that kind of came to be my... I don't know, like my favorite pastime really after, you know, the years moving forward kind of deal. Um, I always go back to the saltwater. I got got to get my saltwater fixed for fly fishing for sure. But um, that's kind of where it all started. I don't know. And then I kind of worked down from like small creek stuff when I got the hang of it. And, you know, you got your, you got your, uh, you got your, um, I don't know, your hopes up or whatever. And you're, you're jacking 50 brook trout. And one day you're like, yeah, no, I'm really good at this. I'm going to go fish some different water. <laughs> and then you get good at this. I got it. Nailed it. Uh, I got to figure it out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. but no, I mean, it was, that's kind of how I got started. And then the big hole's awesome. And it's just, I don't know, like that's my kind of my home water, I guess. And, and the, and the mountains around, I spent a lot of time just, just, you know, in Montana locally is a gigantic area. It's not necessarily like five miles. Away, so, uh, but yeah, I spent a lot of time fishing. In college and, yeah. You fished in college then too? Yeah. Fished in college and, and then uh, went and got a real job, didn't fish for like two years and selling insurance and stuff. And it was, I, I just, I hated it. Couldn't stand it. It was really good. Made a, made a fortune, but I was like, this is not for me. And, and uh, yeah, just kind of all panned out and started the ranch. So uh, it's kind of how Where'd I you go to school. Um, so when I went to college, I went to uh, the university of Montana Western here in Dillon. So. Oh, cool, man. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So one of the things on the website is, you know, if you go out to where you guys are located at the silver boat club, you know, the big hole, the beaverhead, the Ruby, the Jefferson, the wise, all these rivers. Yeah. And I was thinking when we, when I was getting ready to talk to you that, that, you know, one of those, we'd be talking about one of these bigger rivers. Um, But I think it's cool that, you know, when I asked you what you're really passionate about or what you really love is the, the small Creek fishing, can you talk a little bit more about why that's so special for you or why you enjoy that? Or that's kind of the thing that you prefer to do. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I think over the years that I used to be like, um, and I still do like saltwater and small Creek fishing is probably a tie, but I think over the years it's kind of morphed into the small Creek stuff. And I really just, it's not necessarily cause it's like super technical, but I will say like for beginner guys, if you want to learn quick how to cast a fly rod around stuff, Creek fishing with like willows and random stuff in your way is a great way to get started. But, uh, I don't know. I just like getting out in the mountains, not having anybody around, uh, no cell phone service. You're just, you're just out there and just doing what you like to do and just enjoying it. And then it seems like it's, you know, it sounds weird, but it's super successful most of the time. I mean, there's not many times you go small creek fishing really anywhere and get skunked for the most part. I mean, there's always those days, but um, yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. I just thoroughly enjoy it, and, and uh, we always always do like high mountain lakes too. I guess to me, kind of falls in the same categories. You like hike up there and kind of get out of the way, and you know, go camping overnight or whatever. It's um, I don't know. I just thoroughly enjoy just being out just away from people in the wild and having fun and doing the love. So. Yeah. And you can fish those creeks going up to the lakes and stuff. We used to do that when I was a kid, uh, up in the bear tooth and stuff, but I, I enjoy it as well. Uh, is there anything unique about the creeks around where you guys are at that you've, um, cause I assume you probably fished small creeks, not just around there, but all around Montana. Um, uh, 
is there anything special or unique about the area where you're at that you, that most people are either surprised about or they don't know about? You know, um, not anything in particular. It's, it's funny. Cause like each one's so different and, and, uh, it sounds weird, but <laughs> the ones that usually fish the best are like, uh, can be in spots where you just really don't even think about it. Um, we have a family cabinet at, uh, like Polaris and Maverick mountain in the middle of pioneers. And, uh, I go all over just like the pioneer mountains fishing and stuff. And, and, uh, right next to the highway, you catch anything from brown trout, rainbow trout, brook trout, all in the same thing. And the thing's four feet wide. It's nuts. And, uh, it's just like one of those spots, but then you can go up and get in these high mountain meadows and find a nice, like slow guy with some big pools and just, just do really well and crush it. So do you take a standard nine foot five weight or do you, do you have a smaller rod that you bring for those types of creeks or how do you gear up for a trip up on the creeks? Yeah, man, I got, um, so I got a couple rods. My, my favorite one's a four weight. I know a lot of guys do like threes and twos and stuff, which you could, which you could do out here for sure. But, um, I got a three and a four and they're both, uh, they're a little short. I want to say they're seven foot. Um, just a little Creek rod. So they're the shorter guys. And, and, uh, I'll take that. I'll take, um, I have a couple of flies that did just work. I don't, but every time I go out and, uh, it's a Joe's hopper and a red humpy and, and you can get into the grasshopper game. Like pretty, a lot of grasshoppers work, but, um, those guys always produce for whatever reason. And then, uh, so I carry a little tiny fly box, something I can just stick my pants and just kind of clip along. And, um, that's pretty much it. I wear Crocs and some, some, uh, some, uh, neoprene socks. <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> That's high class. That sounds good. That sounds yeah. good. Uh, do you have like a, a memorable fish, most memorable fish or one of the more memorable experiences you've had up there with a the fish that you Ooh, caught man. or a day of fishing or something that really stands out in your brain? You know, I think, um, I don't know. It sounds weird, but like just collectively, just, just cause fishing in general is so much fun to me and we do it with my family, all my friends. And, uh, it's not really necessarily any one day in particular. It's more about the, I don't know about the experience and like, um, I've had, you know, you have a lot of great days and honestly, I can't specifically remember all of them, but, um, it's just, it's just, uh, if you enjoy it and you do it enough, I think, it just kind of washes out with all the good stuff. So yeah. You ever get surprised with like some big fish or is it mostly yeah. just smaller? Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, we went with just, just the size of fish and you're just like, I don't know, you could be up in a mountain meadow, you know, and the Creek could be frigging two feet wide and it's, you know, and then it could be three or four feet deep. And all of a sudden you like, you hook something and you're like, oh damn, I'm stuck on the grass again. And, and you got a, you got a 12 inch plus brown trout or a brook trout just sitting on the bottom crushing it. And, uh, just takes you yeah. by surprise. Like how little of water brook trout needs kind of fun. And, and the same throw like cutthroat stuff too, when you get into that kind of deal. But, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the same thing. And then when you get up to the lakes too, you got big yeah. fish in those lakes. If you go all the way up to them, you know, like for sure. Oh, absolutely. And and what you catch, pretty are fish like, too. You're like, uh, they, they got a lot of books and like information about lakes up here and like what's in them, how deep, and, and so on and so forth. Sometimes you go up there and catch something like I'm. I'm pretty sure that wasn't on the list. Like, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, so. Um, but yeah, no, they're all it's cool. Cause you can get so many different variations and species and kind of target what you want. You're like, Oh, I want to go for this and kind of head over in this area. So has there been a book, uh, that's been influential for you or like anything that stand out as a valuable resource for you, either a book or a video or just like, uh, I don't know, something besides time on the water, maybe that was helpful for you progressing. Yeah, man. I think, um, I'm, I mean, I'm not much of a reader. I'll be totally honest. I'm an audible guy. I watch YouTube. Of course, everybody watches YouTube, but. Um, listen to podcasts. Listen to podcasts. <laughs> yeah. I'm just starting to get into the podcast. And it's funny because uh, Rachel's husband, Sam, kind of turned me on to it about a year ago. We drive so much out here. He's like, you should start listening to podcasts. Like, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. So, um, yeah. So, so I don't know. That's kind of, that's kind of my MO. And I, I, you learn a lot of stuff and, and. I don't know. YouTube can be flooded with all this stuff. And there's a, yeah, there's a perfect way to fly fish. 
sure, there's like, it's just like golf. I tell everybody, it's just like golf. There's a perfect way to swing. Sure. But everybody's different, man. And everybody feels comfortable doing different stuff. If you can just get started, get rolling, you can always hone it. Like you can always change little things along the way. And, and that's thing is kind of what I've done. And coming from the saltwater kind of world when I, when I started, um, it's a lot more finesse. It's not like it's, it, it's streamer fishing up here, right? It's the same things for more or less for saltwater fishing, but, um, yeah, it's just different. And you, you just kind of learn those things. And, and I don't know, I'll see YouTube or, you know, talking to, cause of the industry I'm in and stuff, just talking to people. Um, honestly fishing next to people. Hey, what do you, you know, what's, what's, you know, what's happening over there? What are you using? <laughs> and, uh, and just, I don't know, all your buddies and stuff that just kind of word of mouth. And that's what makes it cool. Anyway, it's a pretty tight knit group really is the fly fishing world in itself is um, it's, it's pretty tight knit. Like it's funny because with the lodge, I'll have people check in. They have no idea. And I'll have other people at the lodge and they're like, Oh man, what are you doing here? Yeah, no, Belize was great. You know, what'd you do now? And they like, they just, it's a small world, man. It's pretty wild. So. Do you have a lot of friends around there that you fish with? Are they kind of all in that area? I guess friends from school growing up and college, are they still around that you see quite often and get to fish with? Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I don't, I don't have a huge group of friends by any means, but, uh, like for example, all summer, me and Sam, uh, we fish the, we fish out back in the big hole cause we're working all summer. So we'll, we'll take a lunch break and do like a little fishing term. Like, all right, one hour, biggest fish. Okay, great. And then the next day you do like, all right, one hour, we'll see most fish. All right, cool. Or like, we'll, we'll go target. Like, you know, Hey, you got, we got 30 minutes. It's the most white fish you can catch. And it's like, we just have fun with it, man. It's a blast. And, and, uh, I got buddies of course too. Like I don't, I don't, um, the lodge does definitely cut into my travel time, so I can't can't go crazy far in the summer. But yeah, it's like a it's like a ranch. You can't ever quite leave. You know, there's always something. There's always work. There's always animals you can't leave, or you know, fence to be fixed. Or yeah, um, yeah, it's tough to get away from a place like that. Luckily, it's a good place to be. Oh yeah, it's great. No complaints whatsoever. I always, I always joke. It's like a Cabela's commercial. You know, when you wake up, and you're like, "Oh, your commute to work," and you got like some bass boat driver or something. It's the same deal. That's kind of what I feel like. I'm just lucky and blessed to be able to do what I do. So that's pretty cool. Do you um, remember anything that was like a breakthrough moment for you when you got out to Montana and started fly fishing more for trout and things like that, where you were struggling maybe a little bit in the beginning and then, Oh, okay. I kind of figured this out. Uh, or when you're up in these creeks where you kind of pick something up that really helped you. You know, um, I'm trying to think specifically, like I think I pretty well had like my cast and stuff down, but the, and I'm still learning this, but the, um, just the hatches and stuff like the bug game, like you can nerd out as much as you want on all the stuff for sure. Like for days on end. But, um, I've always like when I first moved here, I've always been the guy like, all right, you go to the fly shop, give me, give me a half dozen, man. And just what's working. And, uh, over time I begin to ask him like, Oh, why did you, why'd you do this fly? Or, you know, why'd we use this? Or what's the, what's the, re- the reason behind this? Cause, um, just trying to figure out that world is just insane to me. Um, it's just, I don't know, not my cup of tea, I guess, but, um, yeah, just kind of learn that stuff over time and it affects your fishing overall. Just like, specifically like with fresh water in the river, just, you know, anything from oxygen levels, temperature to bugs, the hatches, the time of day to just, I mean, there's so many factors. It's crazy. And, um, just learning little bits at a time just really helps. Don't, don't try and choke it all down at once. Cause I, I end up getting lost, but yeah. Fish with your dad at all. Does he bring a checklist? Uh, he uh cover all that stuff oxygen levels and sunlight and (laughs) (laughs) this is what i'm imagining i'm imagining this man being like all right we gotta cover let's see what are we gonna do no my dad's a uh making sure he's got a good guide and a cigar that's 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 the jam for sure so um he's more of a saltwater guy he's he he just he grew his whole life in saltwater and and uh we'll go to the bahamas or or somewhere and do like a lot of bone fishing and that kind of thing or redfish and snook and um that's kind of what more of what i do with my dad so that's cool that you get to go on trips with them though and, and spend time with your family people you love kind of like what i'm doing with my family you know it's cool to do for me it's cool because my family is separated so i don't i guess i should say geographically dislocated sure, sure. um 
so it's cool for us to get together and meet up and then, you know, it makes my dad super happy when my son is there too. And I love hanging out with my brother. Um, so it's cool that you can do that with your father and go on trips because you're in Montana, so you don't have to go to Montana. So you go to other places, Yeah, your, yeah, your places where you grew up and, and in Florida, it is kind of backwards, but it's a cool, it's a cool, it's a cool way. It's a cool journey. I like it. You mentioned a couple flies uh, that you use. Was there a warm up period, or uh, did it take you a while to figure out those flies? Or like, uh, let's say, uh, I'm a slightly below average fly tire. Uh, are there a couple flies that you would recommend, or are those the two the big ones for fishing out there, small creeks? You know, for me, for the small creeks, yeah, um, hoppers always do really well. But for whatever reason, and, and the, there's a Joe's hopper and a Dave's hopper. The Dave's hopper has like um, kind of a cut hackle head, so it's a little bit thicker head on it. Uh, for whatever reason, that thing does not work as good. And it looks almost identical in colors, just it's literally the shape. Um, yeah, it's Joe's hopper. And I honestly, I figured that out from my father-in-law. His name's Joe. And I was like, I went fly fishing, small creek fishing with him one day. We're up camping. And he's like, yeah, man, you need to tie this on. I'm like, what is this? He's like, oh. This is the Joe's hopper. And I thought he was kidding. He was like, oh, all right. So, uh, he's going on. Go crush it. And I'm like, man, this thing works awesome. I have to go get some of these. And I go to the store and sure as hell, it's called a Joe's hopper. And I'm like, I wonder if he just bought that because of his name and it works like crazy. Or if he actually <laughs> like crazy. But, uh, yeah, I bet he did. No, that's, that's how it went out. But um, there's a lot of, there's a couple flies like for the fly tying guys. Um, you know, the, the one thing I really like, which I think is like an all around super versatile fly is, uh, the Chernobyls. Um, you can tie chubbies in so many different sizes and they're just buggy. Like they just look like a lot of different stuff. And, um, the big hole specifically, we use those things all summer. Um, you tie them in a little smaller pattern, some different colors, and you can creek fish those things all day long. Chubby is not a hard t- uh, fly to tie either. It, it seems it, it seems a little uh, intimidating. Well, for me, it, it seemed a little intimidating at first because it's, I don't know, it's buggy, like you said, but yeah. it's really not too tricky. And yeah, that's kind of my fly that I'll tie for kind of a grasshopper type thing yep. or salmon fly or, you know, those types of things. It's, I, I like it a lot as, no, as well. It's so easy uh, to do. And, and uh, I haven't tied very many of them. I, I just got on a fly tying game like maybe two years ago, and I've been tying like streamers mostly uh, and and saltwater stuff. Um, I haven't really gotten gotten deep deep into it yet. Just most of the time in the summer, I'm just so busy. But uh, but yeah, man, this is so is sweet. this your fly tying season? Then you're kind of in the winter now, so we're recording in January. Yeah, it's cold up there. I'm imagining it it's is. cold. Dude, it and, is pouring uh, snow right now, and it's just dumping snow right now. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Montana is a cold place, man. It's cold. It's too cold for me, honestly. It's too, I went up there looking around. We were going to move. We ended up moving to Utah, which is also cold, but Utah is not Montana cold, man. Well, it is not. Uh, not it is just a Western place to live. And I went to, like, Missoula looking around. I was going fishing. I was meeting with some fishing guys at a shop. And then I was like, well, let me look at some uh, houses out here too. Maybe we'll move to Missoula. And Missoula is supposed to be like the banana belt, right? Of Montana. It was like April and it was just snowing on me and sleeting and the rivers were high and muddy and terrible fishing. And I'm like, dude, I can't live here. This is, I'm not, I can't do it. <laughs> so I wimped out. I whipped out on Montana. I'll be honest. I wimped out. I love bad weather, man. I don't know what it is, but it could be anything. It could be hurricanes, snowstorms, thunderstorms. I love it. I don't know why. I just, I thoroughly enjoy it. But- yeah. Well, you're in the right place. I like, um, I like bad weather too. Uh, especially when we were in Missouri, I love those storms that came through. Those were pretty cool. Big, like, yeah, dark those are clouds, nice, rain yeah. falling. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's say you only had two days of the year that you could go fishing. Uh, small Creek fishing. It's gotta be, cause we're talking about small creeks. Maybe I'll give you two small Creek days and two just other non small Creek days for the area, but which two days would you go and how would you fish it? You don't have to tell me where you'd go, but just, you know, I, I assume you're going around small creeks around there. Man, I'd probably say 
So it's kind of tricky in Montana because the snowpack, like it just kind of depends on the year. And some of that small water is not quite open up yet, even in June. So um, we were camping on like Father's Day weekend a lot of times and, and uh, usually it snows on us. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so usually I'm going to probably say my two favorite times would be probably like in July, around, in the, around July, uh, preferably when the mosquitoes have died down a little bit, but that's, that's hard to time because the mosquitoes in Montana are outrageous. But, um, yeah, I'd say so like in a July, just specifically because of the hopper stuff, the hopper's so much fun. Uh, and, and brook trout are so easy, man. They just, they love crushing it and it's just a blast. And I like taking my kids out with me. So, um, it's a good gateway or a good, uh, gateway drug into fly fishing, I guess, is taking the kids brookie fishing for sure. Um, so I thoroughly enjoy doing that. And then, you know, if I had to pick another time, I'd probably say, I'd probably say around Labor Day. Um, and the only reason I say that is it's usually super hot down low. So like the rivers can be a little bit tougher. So, um, usually up high in the Creek, it's cooler and the Creek fishing is usually still pretty good. So, uh, what if you're not going to the Creek, where, where would you, where would you go? So we'll, we'll talk the big hole just cause it's right out back and, and, uh, Man, I'd say, well, it used to be October. They, so October was always one of my favorites, and it's streamer fishing in late October, and there's no people around. The leaves are changing. The fish are smacking the streamers, and it's just it's a blast. Um, the other time I'd say is um, right before the 4th of July. I'd say like end of June time frame, and everybody always comes out here to try to time the big bugs like salmon flies and golden stones and stuff, which is great. If you hit it, it's a blast. I've tried myself and failed, but I, I had great PMD fishing. I mean, I had yeah, great yeah, exactly. PMD fishing, but we didn't catch the salmon fly hatch, but that was the goal, but it was great PMDs. And that's kind of the point. Like when I, when I tell people too, is, is, uh, you can try to time it all you want to, and it's, it's going to change every year. But if you time it to where like you come at the later part, there's so much dry fly fishing going on. It's sweet. Um, it's a blast. And, uh, yeah, I'd say those are probably the two, probably the two. Um, what are some of the other things besides mosquitoes that you've picked up that's helpful for kind of creek fishing? Like when you're going out there bringing bug spray, I guess is, is one thing. Mosquitoes, is there anything else that is useful to know when you're going up on some of these trips, camping and up to the Just lakes? to bring with you, like gear and stuff? Yeah, gear or hard lessons learned. Like for me, one lesson that I learned when I was doing that stuff when I was a kid is always bring warm clothes. Like always bring bring like a jacket, like warm socks, change underwear, like change, like warm clothes. Cause we got way up back there. Just me and two buddies. I mean, I think we were like 14 and 15 years old, you know? And I mean, and the guy that we worked for on the ranch, he, he was like, we didn't want to pack it because it's like, Oh, it's extra weight or whatever. And he's like, you're not going to the mountains without bringing, and he made it. So he made us pack a coat and change of clothes and socks and all that. And I probably, it saved our lives probably, you know, I mean, it got, we got up there and, and the other thing he told us is like, whatever happens, do not leave. If it starts to snow, don't try and get out. So we brought the cold weather gear, but then we we tried to get out. We didn't listen to him, and then we got stuck in a blizzard and almost died, dude. Pretty much like closest I've ever come to death, not in an airplane. <laughs> no, <laughs> and no. Uh, yeah. but that was like a big takeaway for me. Like I'll never go in the mountains without warm clothes again. I don't care what time of year. I think it was like June or July when we were up there. You know? Yeah. No, you're not wrong. And and. uh it's, it's the crazy part. Cause like at the, even at the lodge, like we do those ATV tours and, um, you start out at the lodge and it's, it could be 70, 80 degrees, beautiful out. And you get to the top yeah. of the mountain, it's a couple thousand feet different. It is freezing. It's blowing a hundred miles an hour, but you do the Creek fishing thing here. You gain elevation pretty quick. And, um, I think bear spray is becoming more and more of a thing just with the bear stuff going on. Um, I always, is there a lot of bears around there. So, <sighs> Allegedly. <laughs> I mean, Montana's a bear country. It's, yeah. There's bears up there. So I guess I know the answer to that question. But um, Well, right where we're at, it's it's kind of weird. So they're starting to show up in the big hole valley. And, and uh, for the last probably, I mean, it's got to be like the last 20 years or so, they've, 
what they do is they catch all the convicts in Yellowstone parks, like all the ones that are breaking into the campgrounds and stuff. And they release some of the pentlers, which is as a crow flies, it's not that far uh, from the ranch. Um, and I think it was a couple of years ago, they, they published an article. They saw their first grizzly bear in the big hole Valley in a hundred years. And, uh, but they're starting to show up. And I think like a lot of guys go fishing, like the Yellowstone thing, right? Like just, just being in that area, that Southwest Montana, there's, there's definitely grizzly bears around and for that matter, black bears too. But I think it's going to be more of a thing just being, uh, being diligent, man, people, uh, it's crazy what people do. Just, it's just, I don't know. It's crazy what people do. So just being diligent and bringing the right stuff. Like I always bring a lighter, a knife and a coat, always bring a coat, even if it's 90 degrees outside. So yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Thank you. Yeah. We're on the same team there. I, I always yeah. figure because 90 degrees outside, I'm bringing a coat. Uh, all right. It's kind of a specific question, but like, uh, is there ever a time when you're up there creek fishing that you, uh, something surprised you where you were maybe catching fish where you weren't expecting or change a fly. You you did something that kind of stuck out and you're like, Oh, that's, that's unique. I'm not used to that. You know, um, I to say the craziest thing, like small Creek fishing. Cause like when everybody thinks of small Creek fishing, they're thinking like, Oh, I'm going to hike in 15 miles and I'm like find water. that's never been touched. And we're going to go, you know, catch all these fish and stuff. And, it's like uh i was telling you earlier that that there's there's a spot at uh on, on right along this highway man and like the stream is literally i mean anywhere from four to six feet wide and we're catching these brown trout and rainbow trout i mean 18 inches and it's just it's nuts but everybody like you think about it, it's actually not a bad concept because nobody probably ever fishes there They're like oh yeah no it's like right next to the road i'm not doing that that's stupid and, and uh Man, there was some good fishing in there. That's probably the biggest surprise, I think, besides, uh, I don't know, just catching, like, some big fish in the middle of a meadow in the middle of nowhere, like, way the heck up there. So I think they got to make it all the way up there. But, um, yeah. You've been out there quite a while. And, yep. well, when did you guys get out there? What year was that, I guess, I'll ask. So, 2000 and, uh, 2006, we bought the place. Uh, we moved out there. So, it's been eight okay. years. So, yeah, that's a while, right? That's almost yep. 20 years or so. Yeah. Uh, so you've got the advantage of living there and time and going around. What advice would you have to people that, you know, are listening to this, that maybe they want to go out there? Maybe they're going to take a day and go small creek fishing, um, whether they're going to stay at, at the place or not. Is there any advice you would give for them to kind of like finding places to go? Like, without naming them, is there, do you just go on Google maps or do you get a book or do you, what's some ways that you kind of explored, I guess, as you were growing up there? You know, honestly, my number one thing is just talking to people. Uh, might be a lost art form now, but I think, uh, <laughs> just like just, just talking to people, man, that's, what's kind of cool about the industry. And, and, you know, you can't forget that piece of it. Like, yeah, you want to get like fly fishing to me. Like I love getting away from people and going to fly fishing in the mountains, but, um, I don't know the stories, the good times and whether or not they're true or not, it's up to you, but, uh, they like, just, I don't know, just doing that word of mouth is probably the best way I think. Um, and then, you know, over time you pick up like little tidbits and, and, uh, like for me, the big one was colors, like just, like what seemed to work or what didn't seem to work. I honestly, I try to match the hatch, but I never match it. If that makes sense. Um, like, like, uh, you're fishing these, 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 uh, hop, the hoppers that I use, they got a, they're, they're yellow, but they got a gigantic red on them. And for whatever reason, when I started fishing that one, I'm like, man, this red's working super good. So that's how the red humpy came around. Uh, uh for whatever reason, okay. destroy red humpies. I, I just, it's the color. Like thing. red. Yeah. And then on the big hole, um, it seems like purple, like purple is an awesome color. It works great. Um, you know, I think if you get close to the size, like I, I think a lot of guys get lost in the, uh, just, just trying to match the perfect fly, right? Like as long as you get the close to the size, I think is a really big one in color. Um, I don't think it's gotta be perfect by any means. And, you know, you see these dudes roll up and catch fish on, on like, on a feather, a piece of plastic, whatever. I mean, basically nothing. And, and, uh, the other guy over here has tied flies for 15 years and has something outrageous and hasn't caught anything sometimes. So 
Um, I think a lot of guys get lost in that, but I think if you get close, man, it's and and uh, time on the water, fly in the water. I think a lot of new guys end up casting a lot, <laughs> so you can't catch anything that flies in the water for sure. <laughs> so let it fish, yeah, yeah let, let it fish. fish, man. Yeah, so you'll you're gonna take some losses, but you'll learn a lot too. So anything else you want to bring up about small creek fishing around there that makes it special for you, or things that you want to pass along before we kind of start moving along? You know, man, I think, um, I think just in Montana in general, not necessarily just specifically the small creeks, but what, what makes Montana so cool is like, um, you were talking earlier, like I, I do use like Onyx, I get Google maps or Onyx, um, the hunting app and just pulling up satellite images. Uh, cause you could be like, I do this all the time. We're like in Montana, you'd be, you'd be fish, maybe fish this one area all the time. And for me, like in the mountains, you'd be fishing this one Creek all the time. And then you pull up a satellite and you're like, oh man, if I walk an extra mile up this creek or half mile or whatever, there's a whole meadow up there. And like, there's all these bends and whatever thing looks awesome. Um, and what's cool about Montana is generally speaking, so like all the navigable waterways public and most of the small creek stuff is on public, like national forests or state lands or something. So the access here is incredible. Like you could be, you could live in downtown Bozeman in a condo and you can go fish I mean, just there's the options are endless. That's what's so cool about Montana, I think. So, and it's uh, it's almost overwhelming because there is so many options. And I think that Onyx or like satellite stuff, I'm always looking for like bins, um, or or just it, it kind of depends. Like I'm always like the meadows. It seems like a little bit more um, just because of the bugs and what's going on. But um, yeah, that's that's uh, I think that's what's cool about Montana is you just go anywhere. So that's very cool. They have good public access and uh, high water mark, and I've always thought that that was cool, even when I was a kid. So, yeah, hopefully it stays that way. Um, yeah, hopefully. you've talked about it a little bit already. Uh, we talked around it a little bit, but now that you're kind of ramrodding this guest ranch, is it? Um, how's that cutting into your fishing? How's that affecting? The, <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. fishing as much, or how, is it tough to get out? Or can you talk a little bit about the transition into that role? No. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny, man. You make life choices and, and, uh, I love fishing and I, there's nothing I fishing is definitely my number one passion. Uh, I also enjoy hunting and, and snowmobile and a bunch of other stuff, but like fish is the top of the list and, um, specifically fly fishing, but starting to fly, starting to fly lodge or fly fishing lodge. Um, we do a bunch of other stuff and I'm just now kind of getting to the point when you, anytime you start your own business, man, it's so, you're so hands-on and like, I don't know, I'm, I'm the, I'm the young lodge in the game really compared to all the other places around here. So, so like just trying to get the ball rolling, making sure it's not going to crash and burn. And like the first couple of years, it's, you just don't know. And, and, uh, you're so, I'm so involved with it and, and, uh, yeah, I'm pretty hands-on. It's a, and specifically with what we do, we're not a, we're not a corporate, like, a corporate entity by any means. Like we're, we're a family run guest ranch. I run it. My, my sister, Rachel does the customer service stuff. My brother, she's awesome. Sam, I love Rachel. Actually, yeah. And Sam's really, cool too. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, and then like, so, and then we got, I mean, it's a real tight knit deal and it's an intimate thing. And, and, uh, that's kind of what sets us apart is, you know, we have a, we have a five-star place, but it's, it's uh, a family run down home vibe and it takes a lot of, uh, it takes a lot of our personal time. Like we don't hire people out to do it. And, um, so that definitely cuts into the fishing, but, um, there's always times, man. And, and, uh, to sneak away and go have fun and, and just, you know, I was telling you earlier, like, we'll, we'll, we'll uh, me and Sam will have a fishing competition at lunch or my favorites at the evenings, man. As soon as, uh, as soon as like we seat everybody for dinner, I'm going to peel out of there. I'm going to go fish for it till dark. So, um, it's always good and there's no boats going down the river and it's just, I don't know, it's a lot of fun. Um, uh, but it definitely cuts in a time and, but I, I thoroughly enjoy what I do for work. And if I can sprinkle in my fishing, great, uh, you know, it's awesome. I still get days to go take off and goof off too, but yeah. When did it become a business? You know, uh, so the ranch itself, so we moved up here in 2006. I formed uh, the Silver Bow Club in 2000, and I think it was 2015 uh, is when we started it. And we started with just like cabin rentals, like home away and VRBO and that kind of stuff. Um, Did the cabins you know, come first then? Because we always stay at the cabins, which 
we stay at the yep. Savonfly cabin, I think. Yep. I mean, that's perfect for us because my brother can drive and bring his drift boat and I can drive and bring my son and, and then we bring groceries and I mean, it's just so much fun. And then there's the grass that Tommy plays in. We bring baseball, you know, and so the cabins are great. Did the cabins come first then before the lodge? Is that what you're saying? The VRBO stuff? Yeah. So kind of how I did it was, was, um, was, so we had at that time when I started, we had the copper John and salmon fly. We always didn't have the salmon fly cabin. We built it probably four or five years after we, we, uh, like first moved there, the copper John we built right when we moved there, we actually lived in the copper John for the whole year that we were renovating the, uh, the lodge and the copper John has an addition right now, which might even blow your mind. But anyway, we lived in there. It was me, my brother, my sister, my mom, my dad, two dogs and some chickens <laughs> for a whole year. So. <laughs> but, uh, so that explains why I like to go fly fishing to get out of the house. But, uh, yeah, but no, yeah. we in that one for a while. And then the salmon fly cabin, that's kind of how I started. started was just the cabins and, then the, the following year, so like that was my first year. I did like a half a season, running some stuff on home away. And, and then uh, it kind of morphed into we did a bed and breakfast and part of the lodge. Uh, and then I hired on chefs and I kind of morphed it into the all-inclusive thing. I used to run like a hotel, but it was like a logistical nightmare because we we're just so far from the grocery store. You know, you got six guys that show right. up. Clock, like, hey, man, can we do dinner? I'm like, oh, no, I can't. So uh, I morphed it into the all-inclusive thing. Um that's entrepreneurial, man. That's entrepreneurial. Thought. Yeah. And uh, the cabins are so sweet, though, because what's cool about I love it the cabins. Is, you know, like a guy strip, like let's say there's there's three or four guys. I think cabins yeah. like 300 and something bucks a night. You split it. You can't get a hotel room that cheap. And we've got three and a half miles of riverfront to go goof off on. So. Yeah. That's what me and my dad and my brother do. We just split it. and It's a blast. It's yeah. great. Uh, yeah. It's kind of cool because I always like I don't like getting lost in the, you know, we kind of touched on it a little bit, but like the fly fish and the leap thing, like the, you know, there is a ton of nice places to stay. You can get as pampered as you want to. And there's a lot of places that are way more expensive than we are, but, uh, I kind of got a little something for everybody, man. I don't want to lose sight of that. Cause like, it's so much fun and to meet these people, it's, that's kind of what I do. What I do is I, or why I enjoy doing what I do is just meeting people, man, and being able to share what we got and how I grew up doing it. And just, just like, that whole experience of fly fishing, being able to share that with people is it's awesome. So, yeah. And I like the cabins, but I don't want to take anything away from the lodge because the lodge is nice. Like, Oh, it's it is it's impressive, awesome. man. Yeah. It, is, it is impressive. It is very, it's very nice in there. It's very fancy and very nice and beautiful. And, uh, you guys did a great job with it. So, um, yeah, but yeah, it's a cool place. Is there anything that was uh, surprising or what's been some of the things that have been, you know, I guess maybe challenging, but more surprising as you've kind of gone along with the, the, the fishing and the lodge and that type of thing? You know, there's, there's definitely a couple different things. I think, uh, you know, one thing, I, one thing I struggle with is like, especially these last few years is just like rates is one of them. Um, just what people charge and, and at like other places and like where we stand and what we offer and different stuff. I struggle with that all the time. I'm always like kicking around ideas and stuff in my head, but, uh, and what we're going to do next is another one. I always struggle with that. Like what is, what's something else we can do. And, and, um, you know, the fishing has been great. It's always good. Uh, I think there's definitely harder times of the year. And as of late, I think like, just like anything, a lot of it's weather dependent and what the year looks like and stuff. But, um, just having other options. Like maybe, you know, with, with how the outfitting stuff works in Montana, being able to go do small Creek stuff in August when the rivers maybe hoot out or something. Um, that's always kicking around. I always struggle with that one and it's definitely challenging, but, uh, and just, just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like just, just, I guess that stuff is something I always struggle with just throwing in the ranch and everything. And, and I always am stressing out like right about now, like, Oh man, we got any snow? Like, is there going to be a river? And what if there's no river? And what if there's a wildfire? But honestly, man, I got got some of the best advice is just don't worry about what you can't control, dude. So, um, can you talk a little bit more about some of the other programs you guys have there at the lodge? I know that you guys do fishing and guided fishing, uh, maybe start out with some of the guided fishing services you have, and then some of the other stuff that you can do there besides fishing. 
Yeah, no, absolutely, man. So uh, that's kind of our niche is there's there's a lot of fishing lodges in Montana and, and uh, that specifically cater to just fly fishing. Great places, all nice places. We do a little bit different. Uh, we do other stuff besides fly fishing. So, you know, you can mix and match however you want to. Um, of course, our number one thing is definitely fly fishing. Uh, and we do all of our guided trips are all mostly out of drift boats. We can set up like wade fishing and, and different approaches depending on your style and what you like to do. But I'd say 90% of it's all, all from a drift boat. Uh, and then um, we don't have any like small water stuff yet. We've been working on it the last couple of years and we've offered some like horseback trip fishing kind of combination things last year it worked out great we didn't do a ton of them but um just kind of like exploring those options on the fishing piece of it for sure that sounds like fun to me man especially like you said if it's kind of the water's warm or it's you know not good snowpack that year or something that'd be a cool day to spend yeah Yeah, and uh i mean we've been talking about for how cool it is for you know almost an hour about loving the small creeks so i know it's good enough for adam it's good enough for me it's it, the sucky part is like how Montana does their outfitting permits and like how they do their days. And, and, and just that. So ever since I started the silver boat club, man, I said from the get go, I am not getting involved with anything, government permits, leases, outfitters, license, nothing. I'm going to do the lodging and food. I'll contract the rest out. Uh, we've got great local people, man, that, that we use for the outfitters and, and everything. And it's cool. If you got it, man, just pass it around. Like, I, I don't understand, like, uh, some of these guys get pretty hostile and I don't know, it's just, it's nuts. So, um, man, share the love if you got it. So these guys, the outfitters, we send, we send them out with, um, a couple of different ones and, but like how they do their stuff and the permits and all this other mess. I'm, I'm, I'm not getting involved with that. That's not your <laughs> so, game. All right. Game, well, yeah. I know you guys do horseback riding and, uh, you guys have, uh, bird hunting too. Is there other yep. things you guys are yeah, into? So, so to touch on all of our other activities, so of course we got the fly fishing that we're talking about, but, uh, we do horseback riding, we do trap shooting, we do ATV rides, we do, uh, bird hunting. Um, we started dabbling with, um, with some big game stuff. So we do, there's an outfitter that's leasing our place to do some big game trips. Um, and then we just started doing some stuff with a company called peak. Um, and they do like training. So like military training, long range shooting, uh, for survival, first aid, um, all kinds of different stuff. That's just really outdoor specific. But, um, but so, so that being said, like we're thinking about opening into like some, uh, some different shooting stuff, maybe like we get requests and I try to keep tabs on all this, like people stay at the ranch for like stuff that would be fun to do out at the ranch. But, um, like archery and long range shooting seems long range shooting seems to be pretty popular. Um, we're like doing archery or something, but yeah, we do all those different things. And, uh, it's, it's cool. Cause you can go like, you know, you can go fish for, if you say you stay four nights, you stay, you have three full days, you can go fish for two days and then maybe go do an ATV ride and do some small Creek fishing or go check out Montana backcountry Cause you leave right from the lodge. Um, they're like 20, I want to say like 27 mile loops. So they, I mean, they're huge. Uh, takes you a couple hours and uh, we got sweet machines and uh sweet setup for that. And that's probably the most underrated one that we have. I think um, a lot of people do the horseback riding, which is super cool. I'm not a horse guy. I just, it's not my jam, but <laughs> it's, uh, I'm not a horse guy either, but I, my wife sure is. So yeah, I think since uh, I'll just I'm gonna throw this out there, but since old Dutton Ranch came on TV, it's been uh, super popular to ride horses. <laughs> so, yeah, but, well, uh, it was not popular when I was working on the ranch. Horses were just they're just a pain in the ass, man. It's just horses, <laughs> you know. You gotta feed them, take yeah. care of them. Like, there's been a couple times where I'm like. I'm like, man, I should go buy a horse or like maybe a mule because then I could go up to these high mountain lakes and these streams. That'd be so sick. But then I got to feed it the rest of the year, take care of it. I just, it wasn't my jam. So get yeah. you a, get you a llama, Adam. I heard they're man, taking llamas up in Colorado. <laughs> dude, my neighbor's got llamas and he's just down the road from where I live. And it's, it's crossed my mind a couple of times, but I don't know what the wife will think if I've got like emperor's new groove out in my backyard. So we'll see, but, yeah. All right, cool, man. Anything else that you want to pass along about the uh, 
Silver Boat Club uh, that we haven't talked about that you're excited about? Or can you talk a little bit about how people can find out about you, schedule um, schedule a trip or reserve a room or check out the cabins? Anything that you want to pass along uh, that we haven't talked about? Yeah, man. I think um, I think just more or less just, just kind of who we are and what we do is is, uh, you know, again, it's a family run business, it's family run guest ranch. Uh, it's a, it's a five star place with like a down home feel home away from home. It's kind of our goal. So I feel like that's today's day and age is the only way that people can actually relax. Uh, you know, and, uh, that all being said, man, if we've got all kinds of different stuff and, and, uh, you know, just having stuff for everybody to do the whole family. It doesn't just have to be a guy's trip fishing, you know, bring your wife out, stay in the lodge, go horseback riding. Uh, that's kind of our niche. And, and, uh, yeah, we do a lot of different stuff. I think one of the most popular ones has got to be the cast and blast trips. Now, um, you come out in September one, we do, we have a shooting preserve. So we do pheasants and chuckers. Um, and you can spend a day pheasant hunting and then turn around and go fly fishing. September's super sweet for fly fishing. Um, into October, the streamer fishing and the dry flies before that, it just gets really good. And it's a lot of fun. And, there's not as many people out. The kids go back to school, so it's a little less busy in general. Like, especially if you're gonna go see the parks and whatever. But, um, but yeah, man, it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I enjoy it. We'd love to have people, and uh, yeah. Okay, and so website is silverbowclub.com. Yep, yeah, silverbowclub.com. Uh, you can send us an email or call us. Um, I'll answer the phone if it's a reservation thing. Rachel will answer it if it's a customer service deal. So cool. Um, and Rachel's your sister. I don't know if we brought that up. Did we mention that? Yeah. So I got, uh, so Rachel's my sister. Uh, I've got a little brother, uh, named Ethan. Uh, he's in flight school right now. He's going to be a, going to be a pilot. Uh, we're all, I got a funny fishing story for you actually with helicopters. I'm a helicopter pilot. So is my dad. And, uh, the, my brother's going to school to be a pilot. He's not at the ranch. He'll, he'll work in the summer sometimes, but, uh, so yeah, it's all family. Uh, Jake, our chef, he's been there for three or four years now. And, and, uh, one of the cool things about a ranch, I guess I'll say is, is, uh, like the community thing, the lodge is wide open. So like if you come have dinner at the lodge, our kitchen's wide open, the chef's right there, Jake's talking to you. Uh, you're, you're watching what he's cooking. You're having a few drinks. You're talking to other people, just what the fishing day was like. It's a, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's just like, it's like a buddy's thing. Um, then you sit down have a really nice meal and then go back out fishing until 10 o'clock. So, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's a cool environment to be in and it's all family run. You know, Rachel might be serving your food. There's no telling. We're all jacks of all trades and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's cool. That's, that's kind of what sets us apart. It's all family stuff. Yeah. All right, Adam, last question. You ready? Yeah. What's up? If you could go back to when you first started fly fishing and give yourself two pieces of advice, one more tactical and one more philosophical, what would you tell yourself to help you progress as a fly fisher? Hmm. I'd say, you know, I think, uh, one thing would be like, I guess like, like tactical wise, um, just getting started is don't get frustrated. Like, it's it, yeah there's technique yeah there's stuff that that makes it better but like we were talking about and touching on that earlier you can always hone that so like your double hauls or your or your you know your flips here and flips there or whatever roll cast and this and that i mean there's so many different techniques dealing with the real world and wind and objects in your way and whatever um but yeah don't get frustrated by it that's that's the one thing like if, if i was beginning again um, there were some times where like, you know, you're, you're out there trying to double haul and you're like, this is, this is nuts, man. I'm going to go back to spin fishing. <laughs> so, but, uh, no, it's, it's, it's something where it takes time. And that's, what's kind of cool about fly fishing to me is that it's, it's something challenging, but it's a lot of fun, man. It's just, it's so much fun. And, uh, if you enjoy it and, and doing that, I guess back to the philosophy piece, like, you know, yeah, fly fishing's great, but also the fly fish community is awesome. Um, what it's involved, who you meet, um, and the stories, like spending time with your family. You're, like you said, your dad and your brothers. For me, it's my friends and even sometimes myself. You want to go out on the river and just stand there and just take a breather, man. Um, it's definitely one of the benefits for sure.
Good answer. Adam, thank you for being on the show. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I want to say thanks again for your hospitality for me and my family. And um, it's a great place. Uh, I'm sure people check it out and think the same. But uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you. And I'm grateful for you for being on the show. And I wish you well this year. No wildfires and no uh, and plenty of snow this winter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, good yeah, river. So uh, uh, good luck to you. And thanks for what you're doing out there. Yeah, no, thanks, man. And uh, look forward to having you again. And yeah, thanks for having me on the podcast. Enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, everybody, good luck fishing this season. Thanks for listening to the Wade Out There Fly Fishing Podcast. You can learn more about some of the topics we discussed in today's episode show notes. For more fly fishing ideas, stories, and artwork, check out my blog and online gallery at wadeoutthere.com. If you want to make Wade Out There a part of your own fly fishing journey, please subscribe and share. Until next time, wait out there.